that up, and it just, I love it, Ty. I love the sound of it, don't you? And the Lord bless that thing, so we're so thankful for that. Over the years, I've been amazed at how God has led me in my Christian life. It's just, uh, as I look back on it, I, I marvel at how from one place to another, and in, in one work of the Lord and into another, and how God has led me and my family. I know that we got saved at Timberlands Baptist Church, and we began to serve the Lord. We started driving a Sunday school bus and teaching Sunday school class, and bought an old city transit bus and began to bring kids to church. And God bless that so much. And then He led us to be a superintendent of the primary department of that church, and it grew. And we really didn't want to do it. We, I did not want to teach kids. I didn't want to, uh, the little ones, that uh, first, second, third graders, that was not what I wanted to do. And, and yet, uh, when it was just thrust upon us, so to speak, in a way, then God blessed that thing and it grew. And we, when we gave up the primary department there, that church had 528 just primaries in it. And that was amazing to me as we watched it. And then we left Temple Heights Baptist Church after being there seven years and went to Brandon Fellowship Baptist Church or, or Brandon Heights Baptist Church. Was there for another seven years. We left there and God uh, let me preach up in a little church in Wildwood. And uh, up there, um, I would drive up there at, on Saturday night and uh, or Friday afternoon after working all day, I'd drive up there and and way out there in the country, a little bitty one-room church, and and uh, the people were so good to us, and we stayed in a little apartment-like, and I'd preach, and we'd go out visiting on Saturday, and preach and teach Sunday school, and preach Sunday morning, visit in Sunday afternoon, and God blessed, and I grew in the Lord more there in that little church, I suppose, than any of the rest of my Christian life, because I got in the upper room there in, in a little place, and and cold, it was so cold there, and, and studied the Bible and, and learned a great truth from the Word of God. We left there and went over to a little Babson Park church over there, and Babson Park right on the lake, and uh, I just watched how God worked in our life. Uh, there's a millionaire offered me and my wife a mansion up on that lake there. It's called Crooked Lake, right up on a mountain, or a hill like, it looked like a mountain to me, and it rolled right down to the lake most beautiful place you've ever laid eyes on and he took me there he said preacher i'll give you this if you'll come here and build a church for the lord i said god ain't called me here and we left there and, and we came back here and started this church and god has blessed it he really has it's been amazing to me over the years now i said all of that because i want us to I want us to read something tonight and i want you to watch something i believe in divine leading i believe that god leads us Sometimes we buck that leading or fight against that leading, but he still leads. I'm amazed, always amazed in the Bible when the, the Bible says the steps of a good man are altered by God. That's the leading of the Lord. But would you turn your Bibles to Psalms 107 tonight? Psalms 107, and I want to begin to read in verse 1, if I might. I want to talk to you tonight about God's leading and how God leads. I'm mostly going to read Scripture. And so if you'll just follow along with me, 
and look up the scripture if you can. If you if you can't, I've got them wrote down where that I can quote them to you. Uh, but I would like for you just to write down the address to the scriptures because I think it's very important we understand the leading of the Lord in our lives. Psalms 107, verse 1. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the land from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right hand, right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hunger soul with goodness. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, as we've been through these verses this afternoon and realized how wonderful you guide and lead us as your children, we're so thankful for it. And Lord, a lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand what's going on in their life sometime and how you're leading and where you're leading them to and, and why. And I pray tonight through your word that you'll help us to understand you do all things well in our life and you lead and guide us every step of the way and you're leading us home. Bless us now as your people. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. As I begin to read these verses, verse 7 sticks out very clearly to me, and he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. One thing I know for sure, God leads his children by the right way. He doesn't lead us wrongly. Now, as I was reading and studying this afternoon, though, I got to studying how God leads his people. And I want to give you some ways in which God leads his people. Number one, God leads like a savior out of the uh, desert, which represents sin. Turn with me just a minute to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. And I, I'd like to read, please, in verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion it is people. Jacob is a lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, and in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stareth up her nest, flutters over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock. Butter and kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of, breed, uh, of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat. And thou drank it, didst drink the pure blood of the grape. 
Now, I want you to notice, if you would please, that the Bible says here he leadeth them out of the desert places. And that speaks of salvation. So, and David said in Psalms 25 and verse 5, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. God leads like a Savior. A man came this morning and sat on the back seat, and I saw the Lord dealing with him. It's, people do strange things when the Holy Spirit's dealing with them, don't you? Don't they? I, I said, don't you, but it's don't he. I watched this man this morning. He was sitting back there, and Mrs. McMorris came to me at service and said, Preacher, did you see that strange fellow that came in? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, did you know he sat right behind me and he's flicking a, a cigarette lighter, trying to light a paper the whole time through the services? But I watched the Holy Spirit deal with him. And he came to see me afterwards and talked to me a while. But you see, God leads you to sit under the preaching of the Word of God. I don't know if the man will get saved or not, but I know one thing, he heard the plan of salvation. And God leads you into the way of salvation. And you might say, well, I ain't going to pay attention, but God leads men. God leads men into the, to a Savior. Notice also, if you would please, God leads like a teacher into the knowledge of self and of God uh, the Father. Uh, in John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, How be it, when he the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. God in the Holy Spirit will teach us his ways if we'll just hear him. And so, number two, God leads like a teacher. He teaches us the knowledge of God himself. There's one thing I've learned over the years. The learning of the world is not what it's all about. It's the knowledge of God that's important, and only the Holy Spirit can teach you that. And so he's our teacher. Also, he leads us through the teaching of his word. Thirdly, God leads like an eagle. You go back to Deuteronomy chapter 32, and you find a wonderful passage in verse 11. In verse 12, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, And God leads like an eagle along the things of the earth. Notice, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. An eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth her over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. That is, she just kicks them out of the nest, in other words. And sometimes God leads like an eagle does. Sometimes we need moving around to do what God wants us to. And that's the way God leads us. Number four, God leads like a shepherd into pastures of greenness and, pasture and paths that are right. In Psalms 23, verses 1 and 3, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So God leads like a shepherd. And uh, I learned that out west in Montana. I come over a mountain one day and, and I found out something. You don't drive sheep. You lead sheep. And here was a man on horseback riding. I suppose there was thousands of sheep. And I marveled at this shepherd over those sheep as he was leading and guiding them and carrying them across that wilderness land that we was coming through because one would get out of place and he'd send him after them. 
He'd send this little old dog he had, prettiest little thing you ever seen. That dog go out there and get him right back in the fold, bring him back in. And all he had to do was point and that little old dog go get him and bring him right back in. God leads us like a shepherd into green pastures. And by the way, that green pastures means satisfaction. It means satisfaction and the paths that are right. And God leads like a guide who is faithful to the end. In Isaiah 58 and verse 11, And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. God like guides us and leads us. I know the first time that I ever went out west hunting, uh, it was mandatory that you had to have to have a guide. And this man I knew paid for our way and got us a guide and carried us way back up in the mountains. I said, wait a minute, I don't need no guide. I've been hunting all of my life. What do I need a guide for? He said, preacher, when them snow clouds come over those mountains, you're going to need a guide. He said, these people die out here every year from Florida like you. They come out here and think they know their way around, and they don't. You've got to get somebody that knows this country. And it wasn't but a couple of days later I saw this cloud rolling in, and I was way up, 8,500 feet up in the mountain hunting right by myself, and I saw this cloud rolling in, and it snowed that night and all next day and that night, and I got out the next morning, and it wasn't the same world. And I was so glad that I had a guide that could guide me in the right place to go. And that's what God does for us. He guides us like a guide. He leads us like a guide. God also leads us like a father, dealing with a weary child. In Deuteronomy 1, in verse 31, And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doeth bear his son, in all the way that ye went, until you came into this place. Ain't you, ain't you so glad that uh, God guides us like a, a child? I've told you time and again, as a little boy, my daddy used to reach down his finger to me, and I'd take the finger and, and walk around with it and hold it. And, and everywhere we'd go, if I started to fall, he was right there to grab me. Right there to grab me. God leads us like a father. He's always there for us. And then, seventhly, God leads us as a lamb unto the living fountains of eternal life. In Revelation 7 and verse 17, For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's the day we're looking for. God's leading us to that place. Now, I want, I want to read, uh, I wanted to read all these scriptures just to show you that if we obey God the Father, He has promised to lead us into all things. Not just some things, but He'll lead us all things, into all things. Psalms 25, verse 9 and 10, The meek will He guide in judgment, and the meek will He teach His ways. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his commandment and his testimonies. God will lead us if we'll keep his commandments and keep his testimonies and keep his covenants. And then I want you to see that God leads us in different places for testings. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8 just a minute. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Brother Joe went to, Brother McNamara had to go out of town today and and he always preaches at the uh, rest homes on Sunday. And so Mrs. McNamara and the girls went to his brother Joe down to the rest home for brother Joe to preach to him today. And in my office this morning, he was talking to me about 
uh, the sermon that he wants to preach to them this afternoon. And he said, Preacher, I'm going to preach on uh, why uh, sorrows come to God's people. Why sorrows come to good people. But they do. One of the reasons that sorrows come to God's people is that God leads us in difficult places for testings. And so we find here in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Did you know I heard a man preach one time? He said, God builds no ships that he don't send out to sea. And that's the truth. I read one day and I was listening behind this preacher as he was making commentary on the passage of scripture that I was reading. And he said that the Jesus sent his disciples out on the lake in a storm. And then he, he preached a little while and he came back and he said, wait a minute. Do you think that Jesus didn't know that storm was coming? Absolutely he knew that storm was coming. But he sent them out there anyhow that they might learn to depend on him. And so God leads us through difficult places sometimes as testings. Notice this verse again in verse 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee. I know this, God's led me through some difficult places in my Christian life to humble me. I remember, for instance, uh, when I became assistant pastor at Temple Baptist Church, I thought I was pretty good. I mean, I really did. I, I thought I'd worked hard at getting there, and there I sat up on the platform with Dr. Howes and Dr. Rice, two of the greatest men I ever met in my life, and, and I was sitting right side of Dr. Howes, and I reached over and bit down on a piece of steak, and, and I had a bad tooth, and when I did, I swallowed, and it got right down there in my throat. I tried to swallow it, and I couldn't, and I was choking to death. I tried to go out the side door, and it was locked. I run back, tried to go to the other side door, it was locked. And by that time I passed out and my wife got her hand down my throat and got it out, the piece of steak, and I learned something. God has a way, brother, of humbling you. God has a way of getting you down off your high horse. And God leads us, and he says here in this verse 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee. And so I know he leads us through difficult places for testings. Also, God leads us in plain paths. You know, you don't have to uh, be in the dark about God's leading you. God leads you in plain places. People have mentioned to me sometimes when I've been preaching here in this church, they've visited and said, Preacher, you just preach plain. Well, that's the way I want it. Because I know that God speaks plain and leads us plainly. We don't have to be in the dark. God makes it very plain to us. Psalms 27 and verse 11. Teach me thy will, Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Now, if we're going to fight the devil and he's our enemies, I don't want to worry about which way to go, do you? I don't want to worry about where i got to go to fight the devil. God will lead you in plain paths where you know what to do. He'll lead you plainly. Then number 10, God leads steadily towards the cross. Always. Turn over to Mark chapter 10 just a minute, please. Mark chapter 10. I want to begin to read in verse 32 down to verse 34. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them 
And they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and to the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. You know what this is telling you and I here in Mark chapter? God leads steadily. He leads through trials. He leads through troubles. He leads like a lamb. He leads like an eagle to his children. All the ways that the Bible says that God leads us, he leads us one way, one direction, to the cross and through the cross. And then I want you to notice sometimes we wonder what is happening in our lives around us. But one thing I know, God is steadily leading us towards the cross. One other thing, please. There's no place beyond the reach of God's leading hand. No place. You can't hide from his guidance. As a child of God, turn over to Psalms 139 for just a minute. I'll show you something. I read this today and it just shook my soul, really. Psalms 139, verse 7. Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. I read these things and I read about if I went down to hell he'd be there I went up to heaven and then he said uh, for thy right hand leadeth me thy right hand hold me so there's not a place that God won't lead you God will be there for you and he will lead you in the right paths for us to follow now I just wanted to share those things with you tonight 